0: hey readers welcome to the club
1: the unfiltered book club podcast where we discuss all things fantasy romance pop culture and our favorite topic ourselves we're your hosts ashlyn clark and katie hoyt thank you so much for listening let's get started Hello, hello, and welcome back to the club, the book club podcast that will not put you to sleep, hopefully. Um, And welcome to our second Mm -mm. book episode. I'm Ashlyn Clark. I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Miss Katie Hoyt. Katie, what's going on today? Not much, actually.
0: Not anything at all. Just um the podcast. <laughs> so I'm love happy that to, to be here. I'm happy to guess. not have
1: – I know. Jake asked me it, the other I'm day. I'm happy
0: to not have anything
1: else to go on. Yeah. Do what? Jake asked me the other day. He listened to like our um our March wrap up and he said, does Katie actually not ever have that much going on? Or is that just something that she just said? And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure she just no, like, like chills like, on the weekend. I don't know. You had a big day I yesterday I feel like –
0: well, I feel like for me, it comes in waves. Like I'll either have like six weekends back to back where we're out of town every single weekend, or I have absolutely nothing going on and we're at home every weekend, just like bored trying to figure out what we yeah. should do for the weekend. <laughs> yeah. It, it. I feel like there's no good in between. So for a while there, we didn't have anything going on, but then... I guess we just went on a trip and now it seems like things are starting to rev up. We've got a few things that are upcoming. One of them being that we are going to see our queen in a couple of weeks. So I'm so freaking excited. I don't
1: think we talked about that on the podcast yet. We're going to see Taylor Swift in Nashville on the weekend of Cinco de Mayo. And I'm so Mm. lit. However, I have not ordered my outfit yet. I think I'm going to order it tonight. I just had to like Get oh, yeah. to it and the two things that I'm ordering on are on Amazon so I'm hoping they'll be here in time but I am worried that I'm not gonna like them when they come in you know it's all I like know tremendous. and I'm trying to help my sister pick out something because she oh hasn't gosh. got anything either so it's just been crazy
0: yeah it's it's so hard because there's so many options mm-hmm. and you want it to be like the one the like yes. correct absolutely right. perfect thing because like you're only gonna go one time yeah unless you're a millionaire once literally which i would go see it a million times if i could Mm. but unfortunately i'm poor yeah yeah that
1: sucks it is but The fun thing is um that we have so many people going that we're all doing a different era and so i think Mm. caitlin's doing reputation sierra's doing lover sila's doing 1989 and I guess Madeline's doing debut, which I'm really excited about. Oh, We're going to ringlet curl her hair, the long blonde hair. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be so cute. So, yeah. Oh, well, what did you on yeah, your trip? I absolutely. Can't the Grand lie. Canyon. Did you go to Scottsdale? Yeah. No. So we
0: just like flew into Phoenix and then like immediately left Phoenix, went to Sedona and then Flagstaff and then went up to the Grand Canyon. I do have thoughts um which we don't have to necessarily get into that now but if anyone is like thinking about going to the Grand Canyon message me because I have I actually have some thoughts um were you under on was it not grand okay it was grand okay okay and it was stunning, and I'm very happy that we did it. Like, I have no regrets or okay. anything. I just would have done the trip a little bit differently. It's one of those things where, and we even talked about this when we were on one of our hikes, the way that we typically like to travel is, like, here for a day, tra- like, drive to a different location, that for a day. Oh, so no! Every stand, time you
1: like tell me a trip you know? plan, I'm like, why are you going to seven <laughs> places on one Yeah.
0: (laughs) Exactly. But I felt like, and I had read this on like blogs beforehand that with the Grand Canyon, like it's so beautiful and it's so like outrageously big, like you can't even fathom, but there comes a point in time where you like, you feel like you've seen it and you don't feel like you need to see it anymore. Oh, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that was really the only thing, like I maybe would have spent a little bit less time there and gone to some other places or like maybe stuck around in Sedona for a little bit longer or Flagstaff or something like that.
1: Um, So how many full days did you do like in the canyon?
0: So we like drove up one morning and we hiked that day. And then the whole next day we were there. And then the day after that, we did like a scenic drive and that was definitely enough. Like my recommendation to anybody going would to be do the scenic drive like day one so that you can see it and then do like one additional day of hiking. At that point, I would have been 100% fully satisfied with my visit there. Um, the only other like Thing I would say is, if maybe you wanted to hike to the bottom at that point in time, you would need a plan for multiple days. Okay. But otherwise, yeah, you really just, unless you are going to the bottom, like you don't need that much time to do it. It's more so like because you can't really stay anywhere else that's like in in close like driving vicinity. You just need to be there for like at least two days because you need to spend the night.
1: There, you yeah, know what that I mean. Okay. So, okay, no, so let's dive right into our yeah. second book of our series. Um, spoiler warning officially issued. Um, our second, <laughs> our Oops. second book is <laughs> King of Battle and Blood by um, mm-hmm. Scarlett Saint Clair. Now, I did not even realize this, so I read this book for the first time last year. Whenever I still lived in Montgomery, the Roebuck. Mm-hmm. And then later on that year, I read the Hades and Persephone saga that starts with a touch of darkness and then it's a touch of malice and ruin. And I didn't realize it was the same girl, but I loved that series too. I still, I have bought the last one, but I haven't uh, finished it yet. So, um, but they were really, really good. So uh, Scarlett lives in Oklahoma. And one really cool thing is that she's a member of the Muscogee Nation. So she like, is Native American, and that, I guess, plays into Mm -hmm. the role of, like, I was saying, like, I just really love this character. Like, she just doesn't look like all of these other bitches. She doesn't look like every other bitch. So that makes sense because she's, like, is a brunette, dark-skinned. Hang on Mm -hmm. one second. My dog is um, pawing at the door. Give me two seconds. (laughs) Anyway. Um, Poor Kathy. (laughs) I know. His dad left, so he's, like, all alone. Um, so Good. anyway, Scarlett St. Clair, she has a ton of other books that I have not read. Um, and mm-hmm. she does a lot of um translations of her books too. So there's like a Korean version, German version of all these. Yeah. Um, and so I was really excited to read this one for a second time. We really wanted something that didn't have a ton of books so that we could get into from Blood and Ash and Akatar before the year wrapped. Yeah. So yep. um that's pretty much all I have. So if you want to go ahead and do the overview, and then we'll get into like all the facts.
0: of, do you say Lara or Lara? I say Lara. Okay. I do as well, but it's was just curious. Isolda of Lara considers her wedding day to be her death day. To end a years-long war, she is to marry vampire king Adrian Alexander Vasiliev and kill him her assassination attempt is thwarted and Adrian threatens that if Isolde tries to kill him again he will raise her as the undead faced with the possibility of becoming the theme, the thing she hates most Solda seeks other ways to defy him and survive the brutal vampire court. Except it isn't the court she fears most, it's Adrian. Despite their undeniable chemistry, she wonders why the king, fierce, savage, merciless, chose her as consort. The answer will shatter her world.
1: Ooh, so, did you write that ending? That's uh, great. <laughs> okay, Katie is about to be an upcoming uh, author. <laughs> no um
0: i feel like that really like actually is a good intro i haven't read this again since i finished the book so i feel like that actually is really good like it it doesn't give away too much so props to her for not literally telling the story in the um the preview so basically we've got isolda the main character she's the princess of um Laura, and she wants to rule as the sole queen, like she doesn't mm-hmm. want to get married, nothing but the vampire king, who has been taking over the whole continent co- world, whatever it is, comes. He sees her in the woods, and he decides he wants to marry her on the She's spot then. on the
1: spot, yeah, yeah. He was She's there to pretty much then do some sort of peace treaty with her dad. And he's like, actually, I don't want yeah. the peace treaty unless you're going to give me your your daughter to be my wife. And she, like, yep. sort of has no choice but to take him up on the offer. Right. Um, right, And it gets, like, really, really interesting, like, off the, the bat. Like, that happens in, like, chapter two. So she doesn't really – Literally. She doesn't really wait around. There's not really much of a buildup, um, which I don't feel like Katie was very – Intrigued by. I personally liked it. I like when a story gets going. I don't have to sit there and be like, I know this is the guy that's going to be the the main character. Mm -hmm. And now she has to like slowly get to know him. I really enjoyed Mm -hmm. the aspect of like, boom, he saw her. He asked to marry her. She's forced to go. Like, she leaves the next day. Loved it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I will say, so I didn't like that. And we can get into that more. However, I didn't like it from a general standpoint, but I had just finished Shadow and Bone. And as I mentioned last time, like there was no romance. I felt like I was absolutely dying in that regard. Kicking off just like so quickly like that was nice for me. However, generally speaking, like I didn't like that. And I felt very like jarred by the fact that it happened So So quickly, quickly. so I kind of had like a dual viewpoint of it because at the time it was what I needed, but if I was reading this at any other time, I would have been like not okay, yeah,
1: with it happening. And I do want to preface by saying, I well, I already said that I read this a year ago, but like I did not remember almost all of it. Like, I remember there's like (laughs) the big plot twists or whatever, and like I remember like some random names literally the whole entire plot felt brand new to me. There'll be like random sentences where my brain was like, Oh no, I've seen this before, but could not have told you what was coming. So then like whenever they met in the uh, woods on like this first chapter, I was like, Oh my God, it's already happening. Like they're already, yeah. wow. I forgot how fast this happened. And I personally like loved it. And it was, it was because it was what I needed at the moment. Like I, I just yeah. Dragged myself to the finish line of Dragon Tattoo, so I was like, mm-hmm. thank god, romance off the bat.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Okay. So, basically Adrian says I want your wife. They get married and I want your daughter. He, she then has to leave. <laughs> yeah. She has to leave to like go back to his um palace or whatever and that night, they like have to consummate their marriage, and she like continues to say over and over, like, "I feel so connected to him, even yes. though like I literally hate him. Our bodies are just like drawn to each other, like it, I, it can't be explained." She thought
1: she literally thought he had like cast a spell on yes, her. She to, thought it was like his her to magic. feel this way. Yes, and let's talk about yep. the um the when they met, she found she like knew he was a vampire because he was like so swift and like. I don't know, like, he Mm -hmm. just, like, looked different, acted different, and, but she had just been attacked by, like, some sort of weird creature, and he, like, healed her. Yep. So he, so she thought Mm -hmm. that when he healed her, that the, the spell, like, continued to, like, cast this, like, lust over her, and so it's really funny when she, like, um, accuses him of that, and he's like, I did not do that. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's a really he said, that was you yeah this is this is you I mean it's just with me but I think it's yeah. really interesting that she was like not only grown up to and taught that like vampires are stronger than you and faster than you and can kill you but mm. to hate them like she genuinely hates vampires yeah. she thinks that they're taking over the whole entire world for their gain and like that Mm -hmm. they're turning all of these humans into vampires without their consent yeah and just all of these things that she has no proof of but she's been told this so like she hates him so much that she doesn't want to be like in the Mm -hmm. same room as him but again when they're together it's like there's some sort of weird chemistry that she can't explain
0: yep exactly so They consummate the marriage. They get on their way. And as they're like making their journey, they stumble across this little town or village or whatever you want to call it. And um, realize that like, I think she like comes out of her tent and she smells like a smell and she sees birds circling and she runs toward where the birds are circling and quickly realizes that like literally everyone is Dead, and it looks like mm-hmm. their skin has been like peeled back, they've been like disintegrated, and there is like literally not one
1: single survivor of the whole entire thing. Yes, so then she's worried that that was the vampires, and it, they quickly correct her and are like, mm-hmm. No, we didn't do this, there's something else going on here. Mm-hmm. So, he, having known her for two days, sends vampires to go protect her father back in Laura. Yeah. She and her father have such a cute relationship. Like they only have each other. Her mother had passed away yes. a long time ago. So uh, Adrian goes and protects, or sends people to protect her father, and then they head on their way. And as they're still making yeah. their way to Rebecca, which is the vampire kingdom, they get ambushed by p- the people of Lara, who are so mad at Isolde for not killing Adrian that they like are attacking yeah. her, trying to kill her and him. And it's just really far fetched to me that everyone in the kingdom thinks that she can just kill him. He's literally a vampire. Literally.
0: And like, if word had spread that like he wasn't dead, could it not have also spread that she did try to kill him? She did, but like it was. Yeah. Like, it's literally not possible. And people need to understand that. It's like you're saying, like, it's kind of mixed messaging yeah. because people are well aware that like it would take an army of humans to take down one vampire but they expect the princess to just kill him like just like that i anyway and then they turn on her so quickly. Like yeah. they band together literally the next day or even that night, I think. And
1: And not only attack her, her, but attack the palace where her dad still is because they don't they mm-hmm. don't think that he's helping or doing what he should be doing. Yeah. And so it turns into this really crazy, um, like I don't know, her emotions kind of get screwed up because she's been hating these people for so long and they're the ones now protecting her and her dad and her own people God. who she's been fighting for are turning against her. So that's really interesting. And also she did try to kill him and that's how she found out that he can read minds. <laughs> because oh, he saw it coming.
0: Exactly. Um And the reading minds thing is absolutely hysterical yeah. to me. I love that like added element of things. However, I did have some thoughts later on about like sometimes things, happened and I was curious as to how he didn't know it before because like he can read minds and he says like she says like I thought you could read minds whenever something happens and he's like I was trying to give you privacy yeah but I don't know like because it It seems like he has to
1: try to read them like you know it has like choose
0: well I thought initially like it was he was saying like, it's hard not to, like, it's almost as if you're like shouting your Mm -hmm. thoughts at me. So anyway, that was a little bit conflicting to me. Anyway, so they leave the village. They like burn all of the bodies and destroy it, even though that was like not customary to their beliefs, but like they literally had to out of fear that the bodies would reincarnate and attack again they like continue on their journey um and as they get closer to the palace another attack happens and this time they stumble upon it like as it's going down and they try to help people but they like really can't like there's nothing that they can do and Isolde is like trying to help this little girl but the little girl Ends up being, I don't know what the word is, possessed or Mm -hmm. sick. I don't know. But she, the little girl, like attacks her. It causes like this really bad burn on her arm. So she's injured. At this point in time, the vampires start to kind of figure out that this is the work of magic, like someone had cast a spell and that's what was causing all of this. And he said that he couldn't heal her because it was the work of magic. Blah blah blah. Yeah, and this is kind of when she finds out um, that like
1: vampires don't have magic; they have abilities. And then there's like a whole different set of like witches and dark yeah. magic that are very separate from the vampires. But they used to be united—a united, united front—when um, the prior yep. king was reigning. And so their goal now is to figure out who is um, casting the spells because most of the witches were burned at the stake. So there aren't yep. supposed to be any living witches right now. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. So they get to the palace. They have, I loved the part where they get back. She like meets Anna and Anna tries to like heal her arm. And um, she meets like Violetta, her lady in waiting. And they have the kind of like a ball or something just to celebrate like their marriage. That night, Isolde has someone's head cut off
1: for first night there, really <laughs> making um good impressions yes,
0: making statements yeah and adrian says like you should know like my queen is like a soldier first and queen yes. second i loved me too that I love part that. and i love that adrian like has got her back literally no matter what like yeah she she stabs the vampire, and he's like, "That's right, like that." She said what she said. Yeah,
1: yeah. She she stabs him, and he he walks over, and he's like, "Okay, what happened?" And she's like, "He touched me." And he's like, "Okay, let me just like take your head off. Like you got stabbed, but that's not enough." Literally, it's so crazy. Literally, it was so. So she's kind of like a
0: staking. Yes. Yeah, so she's kind of like stay like staying her her being there. Like this is how it's gonna be. Um, and then what
1: happens? after that i think after all that happened it's a little bit more of like her and him trying to figure out what her role is as queen and there are a lot of people so like because he's a vampire he needs blood but she doesn't want to give him her so he has a what they call a vassal so there's like Mm -hmm. he has his whole reign thus far which has been like hundreds of years um, he's had other vassals that he takes from, and they are all like trying to make her mm-hmm. jealous, and so she kind of just has like I don't yes. give a fuck about y'all. But Adrian, you shouldn't use them anymore. So he has to like find new vassals. It's kind of more like a romance based mm-hmm. for a little bit, but then yeah, he invites her to uh, the court meetings and kind of goes over like what's going on in the war with her and mm-hmm. with um his inner circle, kind of, and they don't yeah. like her. And so uh, he kind of, he just like has to stay on the defense about her because they view her as this like weak, mortal person. They don't know why he picked her. And she doesn't, she doesn't know why either. Um, Yeah. So it kind of just develops as like she's establishing her role as queen, but they keep having to reinforce it to the people because they don't really want her there. And they think that yeah he should be more focused on the future of the realm than on her. So um that's yeah that's what happens for a little while in the plot. Mm-hmm. And then
0: there's also the part where she goes to court with him, and that's where Vesna's father shows up and tries to sell her like pretty much into sex slavery. Um so that Adrian will turn him so that he can be like the supplier or whatever of the crops. And Isolde is having none of that. She kills him as well and brings Vesna on to be, I guess kind of like a secondary lady in waiting Mm -hmm. or like in training it. It never really like is clear on that, but we get introduced to that. And, Also, the other king comes and wants to make peace, like surrender. And what does he say? Because Adrian is like, "No, absolutely not." Oh, it was in return, like to be
1: turned. And Adrian's like, "No, like yeah." So that's kind of the part where where. Isolde sees that people want to be vampires and he it's up to him mm-hmm. to say yes or no. Whereas her whole yep. life, she thought they've just gone around turning people and like forcing yeah. them into being a vampire. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic for her at that point. Like, oh, these people like really want to be vampires and they only get chosen if they can benefit Adrian's cause.
0: Yes. And she's also saying that like, he genuinely is trying to help the people like within his territory that Mm -hmm. he is over and like he's offering aid and he's making sure that the noblesse men like are actually taking care of their people. So she starts to kind of see a more well-rounded view. Um, And then also she goes like, into town to the market with her ladies in waiting. And they tell her the story of like what actually happened with the witches that they were there to maintain peace. And it was actually Dragos that the
1: prior key wanted.
0: Yes. He wanted to like use that to his advantage for power. They were trying to keep it in check. And like when they rebelled, He just had them all killed and wanted to do away with them because they were essentially standing in the way of him being a conqueror. Pretty much like being the one and only king, Mm -hmm. but he had bad intentions.
1: Yes. Yes, he did. And I think after that, it sort of picks up with like what all is facing Adrian at once because he wants to continue Mm -hmm. conquering the, what is it, the seven kingdoms or something and the nine, houses, the nine yeah. houses thank you i'm i'm very much game of thrones mm-hmm. um the nine houses <laughs> and um he wants to do that but then there's also this plague thing that keeps killing everyone so then they find out it's like some sort of crimson mist dark magic thing mm-hmm. and then they get worried about who is causing it and they think it's like one of the prior witches that's been going on yeah. and so it just it kind of continues to unfold and Isolda keeps having all of these yeah. weird flashbacks of like what she yep. thinks is also a witch. And so that um, continues to happen more frequently throughout the book. And then it comes into full circle when she realizes that she was one of the 12 witches of the high coven and mm-hmm. the, the one witch that is still here wreaking havoc on the nine houses and on Adrian purposefully yeah it was one of the witches who served dragos and so it Mm -hmm. really starts to turn into like this is a sold as battle and not adrian so she kind of has to take the reins on like how to approach this whole entire war and yeah it kind of she kind of has to like do her own work like go into libraries and figure things out and like face down other people it's it kind of branches off as like her problem. And yeah. It, it actually makes a lot of sense because Adrienne kept saying, like as soon as as soon as I am with you, I am threatened now. Like like you pose yeah. a threat to my life. And she couldn't really figure out why, but it's because she's a target for these people. Rock. Because she's pretty much a reincarnate of Yesenia, this witch that was burned. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yep, exactly. Um, so then at literally the very end, her father finally makes it to come, like, see her coronation. Exact, They're given the exact same thing, like, you need to try and kill him. And because of Isolde's relationship with her father, she thinks she can, like, confide in him and say, like, his curse was not to be a vampire, but, like, it, it's me. Like, if I die, that is the only way that he can die. Like our lives are, are tied together. Mm-hmm. And she thinks that she's like telling her father this in confidence, but then they're like at the um, ceremony and Anna's lover slash vassal comes in. She like breathes the mist everywhere. It's like absolute chaos. Um, And in kind of their like attempt to escape all of this, first of all, Ravenna. I don't know if that's how you say her name. I've been saying Ravenna. Ravenna. Okay. She steals the book of Dis in all of this. And you learn that Yesenia is the one who wrote the book of Dis and that she is also the one who spelled it so it would look like nothing was written there. And... At the same time, like after kind of that happens, then Isolda's father tries to kill her because he understands that if she dies, Adrian dies and like all of their problems are gone away. Which, in her father's defense, like he sees this as the only answer to saving mm-hmm. literally every single other person on this planet, as far as his perception of the yes. situation.
1: yeah that's how I felt too like I feel like I could see where he was coming from but he -hmm. put a lot of pressure on her like even in the moment she was like why are you doing this and he was like if you cared about your people and you found out this was the way you should have done it the first like that Mm should have been the first thing you did yeah I was like oh my god like you cannot (laughs) like you cannot stop putting pressure on her for one second but
0: I know and it really like it comes down to being just a complete misunderstanding like through history the the story got so twisted and like her father genuinely believes this but like not even taking one second to check up or question anything
1: no the whole thing is, is sort of chaotic. everything yeah the whole thing is, yeah is very very crazy um but should we go ahead and get into the characters and then we can like continue to expand on like how yeah. they all play a role. Yeah. So I, I just went in order of like how they were introduced as far as I could remember. I didn't do it while I was mm-hmm. reading the book. I did it after. So the first one is yeah. Um So my thoughts were her for, from her was I feel like I've had better female main characters, but I mm-hmm. did like her. Like, I think she was likable, Um, to a certain extent, but there were a lot of times where I was just like, why do you feel this way? Why do you, why do you act this way? So she's a little bit rash, I would say. Like Mm -hmm. she's a little bit more rash than I'm used to.
0: Yeah, I would agree. And I feel like I'm, I really just like, I'm putting a lot of stock in the second book and hoping that like, we'll get more depth to her in the second book. Because as it stands. I agree with you. Like she feels just a little bit vanilla. Like she doesn't. Or as far as we know. She doesn't like have magic anymore. And like she doesn't have like so much power or sway. Like she's not really leading anybody. But she at this acts point like, like it. Like she's just turned on not her. afraid of stuff. Yes. She'll
1: say whatever. Which yes. I, I personally love that she'll just say what the fuck ever. Yeah. But it's she doesn't have anything to back it up. Like she's saying she says and does things and just hopes that either nothing happens to her or that Adrian will have her back. Yeah. But she did say that like she has trained and she wants to continue training, but it never like happens Mm -hmm. in the book. So I think if I had like, if I had seen her or like read about her training and like practicing things, I would feel better about her being a little bit more arrogant, but you know, totally neither here nor there. Um. As yeah. Far no, as, like, I totally
0: agree thing. with you. I, yeah. I I completely agree. Like, I loved her. Like, she does not give a fuck. Like, she will literally say whatever. You can confront her. Like, she's having absolutely none of it. I really really love that about her. And like like you said, I like her as a character. But I feel like there are better female main characters out there. And one thing about her that was driving me batshit was she kept saying like, nobody would tell me anything when multiple times people would like say something to open a door and she would say like, I wanted to know, but I didn't ask. And it's like over and over and over again. Like
1: like if you want to know something, literally just ask. Also, Adrian has proven time and time again that he will do literally whatever you say. So how about you just ask him the questions that you want the answers to and stop pretending that people are hiding shit from you.
0: Yes, like that's what she kept saying. But like first of all, they've she has the library. Like she can go
1: Which she does go to the library, so I'll look give her that. At
0: anything. And like she asks some questions, but like as it's revealed at the end, like part of the curse is that Adrienne like can't tell her and I I would assume like the others that were there, Anna, Derek, Soren, and Tanaka, the uh Viceroy, mm-hmm. they can't tell her anything. But, like everybody else can Fill in the blanks as far as to like what happened during that time frame, but like she would not ask anybody. No, anything, she wanted to figure it Adrian. out all on her own, But then she
1: wanted to complain about not knowing.
0: Yes, she's like, are oh, these secrets that they like seem so like they're not going to tell me anything? And it's like, babe, you've passed over opportunity after opportunity to ask stop complaining about it like if you want to know just ask somebody it was driving me insane Yeah, it bothered
1: me too and then another thing that bothered me about her i don't mean to talk shit about her i actually really really think that she's funny um same but i could not deal with her okay so she's the attack on her from her people of laura happens in like chapter Mm -hmm. three or four okay the book's 20 chapters it's a little bit short which i really really liked yeah why did she yeah. spend so much time after that feeling like she was choosing between them or the vampires? because it's been proven that the vampires, like they have humans that live in harmony with them, but they still use them as vassals or whatever, but right. they still take care of human villages and and yeah, like it's not really them or the vampires, but also like you've been living in this vampire realm for long enough to know that they are treating you better than the people of Laura have and they're ruling justly Literally. as well. So it's not like if they do take over Laura, you're subjecting them to some insane dictatorship. Like they they are ruling over their human lands that they've conquered in very just ways. Right. So what? Why are right. you still obsessed with these people of Laura who tried to kill you in the forest?
0: She's like I like I have to like what's the balance between like the Adrian and like these people and my people. And it's like, like you said, Those Adrian your people shown no time and time again, Adrian will, t- will do whatever. Like he sent additional protection, like to the palace to protect her father. And like from the, from his own people. And he would do literally whatever she asked. All she had to do was ask it. She can see this. And like, it took so long for – and really, she still felt that way up until she realized that she used to be Yesenia, like yeah, in a past exactly. life. That was – it was bothering me yeah, too. And there was a,
1: there was one point where she, they were like on the horses and they found out there had been a second attack on Laura, and that the, um, mm-hmm. that the mist was like – they were worried that the mist was moving toward Laura, And he had like his mm-hmm. whole army there. They were walking into – about to walk into Rebecca and she's like, gosh, I wish there was more protection. And he – he reads her mind and goes, ask it of me. Ask me to do that. Yeah. I will I will literally do it. But, like, all you have to do is ask me right. for it. And it's like, I don't know why. She, she wants to hate him so fucking bad that at some mm-hmm. point she's just saying that she hates him to make herself feel better. Like, we literally know you like him. You don't have to say that you love him or whatever. But he's right. very respectful of you. And it's okay that you've developed mm-hmm. feelings for him. Like, you've been fucking him for weeks. So... I would exactly. hope that there was a little something oh, there.
0: Right. So one thing that I really felt like made this book more enjoyable is that the vampires are not um, just like feral in this one. That people cannot just be turned if, they're, if people are going to like take from them. They have to give their permission. That gave me like a little bit a sense of relief when reading it like mm-hmm. if we're comparing it to like the serpent in the wings of not like it was literally just like fair game anybody could kill you at any point yeah. in time and a lot more the vampires, yeah the vampires like not being that way in this book i had like a sense of
1: relief yeah. when reading and it like when vampires, she goes like, out want to want the that. market they want to keep their own vassals like they want mm-hmm. them to, to live
0: exactly Exactly. That was kind of just like an added element that made the book more enjoyable for me anyway. Yeah. But there was one last thing I was going to say about Isolda, And that is that I'm so curious. Well, two things really. So she knew her life as Yesenia. Well, now it's 200 years later and she knows like everything that's going on now, but there's a 200 year gap. Like she doesn't know what Adrian and company have been doing mm-hmm. like in that time period. So I love that while she's familiar with kind of like the backstory and what's happening now, like she still has so much that she needs to be filled yes. in on. Yeah. Like what happened during that time. Um, And then the second thing is like, I'm so curious to know her fate. Like, does she have magic? Like, is she still a witch or since she's not a witch, can she be turned? Like, what's kind of that's the, what I want to the... know.
1: That's exactly my question because I so the second book. If you have seen the the cover, it has her hands on it. It's like mm-hmm. Queen of Myth and Monsters, I think. So I think mm-hmm. it's going to be mainly focused on like what is going to happen with Asolda because she doesn't have powers that we know of. She's what thirty yeah. or twenty seven. 26. Okay. So she's older. So I feel like if she was going to have power, she would have like evolved into those um, by now. Mm-hmm. So I hope that she can be turned, but when she gets turned, she has like really special power or gifts or whatever they call them. Yeah. So Yeah. So even though she can't use magic, I think it's like really... I, I'm hoping that she'll be able to tap into more of her memories on her own now that she knows that they're there yeah. and kind of relearn at least about the magic because she did that when Ravina showed up, she like remembered what Ravina's powers were. Yeah. And so now that Ravina has the book of D's, which I'll call it D's. I know you call it D's. It's spelled like this, but I've been calling it. Yeah. D's. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping that she'll be able to remember like what's in there, but also like mm-hmm. how to like counteract whatever Ravina's plans are with using it. Cause yes. it, it doesn't sound, it sounds grim. I know. Oh,
0: that's, yeah, that's another thing. We can talk about that later because I would love to speculate on what we think the book is going to be used for. But let's move on for the time being. So next up we have Killian. Literally,
1: get out. Killian, the way I wish this man had died in this book. Yeah. I'm I'm so sick of seeing I'm sick of seeing it. Like, I don't want to see his name on my page anymore. Um, mm-hmm. We start off hating him page one. Like, the first conversation in the book yeah. is her, like, being a bitch to him, which is amazing. Like, I love when she was a bitch to him because he treats her like shit. Sorry. But we shouldn't have to keep having this same hash hash out of their drama. Like, it's, it's oh essentially God. nothing.
0: He has literally not one redeeming quality. Like he absolutely has got to go and it's he like is so manipulative to her and she says it like at the very beginning she says if there was one thing i hated it was a man convinced that i didn't know my own mind like whenever she would say something he'd be like oh you don't mean that like yeah try, trying to literally like gaslight and manipulate her it was making me absolutely furious every time his presence was like stated. He out. He's got to go. And at the end, he like joins them. Whenever after for her father kind of settles down, and they're like, yes. And he's like there with the crew. I have no interest in like a a hero arc. Like I have. I don't want redemption. No for him. He he's got to go. Like I I don't care if he. I want to never see truth. him I don't again. Care.
1: I want to never hear of him again. Yeah. Like, if he dies, I'm not even gonna say rest in peace. Like, I just want you no. out of this story. I like don't yeah. know how she hasn't. She has beheaded men for less at this point, and so has Adrian. Why is yes. he still alive?
0: I don't know. It's like she has. She like won't. She will like pop off to him, but like she won't act out
1: and. She she's got to like this is this is my she must be the one to end him. This is my new worry. Okay, because at the end we know her father dies, and I think personally Mm -hmm. that she has spared him so long because he was like the the general for their army and commander, yeah, commander, and they really needed him because they were worried about the vampires. Was like, what is Killian going to do to protect them from vampires? Probably nothing. Yeah, but now that her dad has died that would make her the the new monarch right (gasps) yeah (laughs) i didn't even think about that oh my gosh so now she's gonna have to deal with him because it's not like he just loses his spot as commander but i don't i want it to be bad blood i don't want there to be any redemption i don't want there to be any kinship like i want it to be just as hostile as it has been, no. and minimal, like
0: yes, like he needs to die immediately. I don't care to have him like switch over to their side, so- like mm-mm. put Derek no. in charge. He's he's got to go, Killian.
1: Like we, you want not to not be missed. See, yeah, he acts like he's just yeah. like entitled to her because so Killian, which we haven't even said what he who he is was, like, the person that she was hooking up with before she met Adrian, but she had broken it off a while before. And he thought that since that happened, he was entitled to marry her and basically one day take over as king when she ruled. And, like, Mm -mm. I aspire to that level of delusion. I would love myself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously. He is the worst it made me so mad like every time she'd be like you need to leave and like he wouldn't like listen have have one ounce of respect and like at the beginning she says like i outrank you and he's like yeah but i like i'm (laughs) loyal to your father and he
1: told me to do this and like she's like shut the fuck up Oh, my God. Oh. He was – like, she also, like, always shits on him for, like, having vanilla sex, which is, like, really just funny. Yeah. um, <laughs> Amazing. Like, I loved it. And passionate. Yeah. What'd she say? Passionless something? Um, I don't know. But, yeah, she said it was, like, not she – co- she couldn't do it the rest of her yes, life. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so w- – my like one of my very favorite scenes, which it's not, not my not my scene on here, but like one of my favorite favorite ones is like he mm. comes across her and Adrian like fucking in the garden and he has like up against like the <laughs> stone wall. And Killian just watches and she like senses someone mm. watching and looks over and Killian's like looking at her and they stop and he says, You dishonor her. And he was like, I dishonor my wife by fucking her in the garden. It feels like worship to me. Worship. <laughs> oh so good love that so i just so love that he so good got put in his place by not only um isolda but adrian as well
0: yeah i know he his rightful place because yeah the man is
1: terrible terrible
0: okay next we have the king what were your thoughts so uh king henry at the, the, the beginning,
1: yes at the beginning i really liked their relationship i thought it was so mm-hmm. sweet Um, you can tell that they've only like really had each other and they really rely on each other for like, I don't know, just like a sense of family. And so I really enjoyed all of their relationship. I I didn't have a single problem with it. I will say like, whenever he turned on her at the end, I was genuinely so surprised. Um, Yeah. yeah, because I thought like, you know, there was that a little bit of that pushiness of like you need to kill him or whatever but he never said it outright. he would just say you're the future of our kingdom you know whatever and so i thought maybe like okay maybe he wants her to like live and like kind of own her place as the queen and then whenever they take over she'll have more of like a role in what goes on in laura and that's never what he meant he literally just meant like you have to kill this man and so that kind of took literally me me back um I felt bad that she had to kill him because again, like it was very easy to see his side of everything. But Mm -hmm. as a person who with, with their relationship, I never really would have expected him to put her life so much lower on the line of like priorities.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Especially because at the beginning, like whenever Adrian said he wanted a wife, like he literally said, no, like like, you're not gonna do it. They would, they would figure something else out. And I agree. Like, I loved their relationship. I loved that even though like when Killian was there and he was being like an ass about things, like her dad always took up for her and he had so much respect for her. And like, whenever she decided that she was going to marry Adrian, he was like, I understand like you're doing what you think that you need to do. And like, he respected her for making that decision like he genuinely loved her so much and in a healthy way
1: loved her yeah he wasn't and like controlling so, to uh, me really like I never really no. got the weird vibes from him so right threw me for such a loop at the end
0: same and then he just like flips on her so fast which I guess like it was sheer chaos in a moment of like panic and he was doing what he Felt Like, he didn't have time to, like, stew on the decision. Mm-hmm. He just had to, like, decide that. But in the end, like, him being dead hopefully will, like, cut that tie that she feels like she still has and will allow her to just, like, be confident in, like, what her mission is now without holding on to that. Like, but my dad and, like, his beliefs and all of that I hope that it kind of just like eliminates that whole
1: aspect of yeah. things yeah I mean I will say like I was happy with the ending of it like I know he died and it was like kind of sad for a second but like you said like it kind of had to happen and yeah at least at least she got to do it and it wasn't like some random thing that like happened because she would never be able to forgive someone yeah. else for doing that
0: that's that's literally what she says. Right. Like Adrian was like, It should have been me. And she's like, No, like it had to be me because I would literally never forgive you yeah. if you did that. And she says, like, even like just as I will never forgive myself, but I guess it would be easier to live with it, mm-hmm. knowing like he
1: like it was either it you was her or own
0: Yeah. 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 It was by her own hand. So R.I.P. I guess he will be missed. But at the end of the day, yeah, I feel like real. this uh, was like a,
1: an opening. Yeah. I feel like it like really sets up the story for her to like be hopefully the Queen of Lara. But at the same yeah. time, like he wasn't really present in a lot of the books. So it wasn't like such a huge hit. Like, we yeah. didn't spend a lot of time with him. So I'm okay with it. Agree. Agree. All right.
0: Next up, we have Nadia. So you go. What what were your thoughts about Nadia? Okay. So,
1: actually, also called her Nadia. We need her to do a Instagram of like how to pronounce yeah, these characters. We, we really do. Um. We really okay. Do. So, like at first, whenever she was just a lady in waiting, I really liked her because I felt like she was almost a motherly figure to Isolde. Whenever she didn't have mm-hmm. one, she's a little bit older, so she kind of has um like a protectiveness about her, but also like gives good advice for mm-hmm. the most part. And just like with her dad, like as soon as it comes to be that she's to wed Adrian, the switch is flipped. They're like, nope, kill him. Like, unless you kill him, you're useless to us. And the people of Laura are going to suffer mm-hmm. if you don't. And so, yep. I just, I don't know. I don't really think that I trust her character. It's not not necessarily that I don't like her anymore yep. because we haven't really seen her. She wrote her a letter Um, that was sent to Rebecca and at the same, like the same time that it was like really sweet and nostalgic for Isolda, and she calls her Issy, which I think is cute. Um, yeah, it was almost still pushy at the end. Like it was a really sweet letter and then all like, I miss you. I've been reading and you know, whatever. Yeah. Kind of like reminder, you need to kill your husband.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I had like the exact same kind of like process at the beginning I literally wrote down like Nadia with a heart I loved her at Mm -hmm. the beginning I loved their dynamic that like Issy could just be like kind of a bitch to her and she didn't take offense to it she's just like what like they truly weren't taking things personally because like they knew each other in that way and I really really liked that like aspect just like their dynamic but at the end that letter it just and I don't think that there's, like, some ulterior motive aside from just, like, what the original perceived threat was. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think that. She's, like, following the same plan Nadia, or whatever. Yes. Yes, exactly. Like, Nadia is in their world, like, religious. Like, she worships Asha the goddess of I think it's the goddess of spirit or life I don't I don't remember anyway she's like religious and so I just feel like Nadia is like passionate in what she believes I don't think that she's like has some evil plan like against Isolda, but it's more so just like being headstrong in those beliefs and like being entirely unwilling to understand that like she might not have the full story so I had, like, the exact same journey as yeah. you had
1: where, like, now I don't know. Yeah. It's, like, I still want to really, really like her character because their dynamic mm-hmm. is just, like, the best. But I don't know if I can trust her yet. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping that she'll come yep. back up in the second book. um And so we'll, like, same. really figure her out. Which is how I feel about most of these characters. Yep. Like, a lot of them we really just don't know – enough about to make an informed decision on them. Yep. Um but the next one we Literally. have we do have a, a good enough amount of information. The next one is Adrian. Mm-hmm. And you can start yep. if you want.
0: Okay. So Adrian like from the beginning I liked him which as previously stated, like I love like a morally gray the villain quote unquote. I love that character. And I thought Adrian played it really, really well. Um, I thought he was a great, like, male main character. And one thing that I liked about him is that he is not necessarily, like, partial to vampire or human. Like, if you fuck with him, he will kill you, period. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. I mean, he's obviously, like, loyal to his People, like, that he loves and cares about. But, like, if you fuck around, you're going to find out. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it, exactly. Who That's you like are,
1: really. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I really, really liked that about him. um But the thing about him that, like, is bothering me is how did he know that Isolda was Yesenia? Like, I need to know that i need to know what happened why was there no
1: explanation of that like how did he i don't know i want to hear that he scoured the planet i want to hear that he like like freaking burned places to the ground looking for her like i want to know how he found out it was her because he didn't just stumble upon her in the woods there's no way that wasn't some sort of preconceived thing
0: Right, He
1: knows too
0: much for that to be the thing. Right. But he says, like, I almost bit you just like immediately or like took from you. Because obviously that's how the things would fall into place. Like he wouldn't have to worry about her not knowing who he was, blah, blah, blah. And he says, but like, that's not part of my curse. You had to like come to me yourself and like, let me take of you willingly. But he knew immediately. Yes. That it was her, and like I went back and read
1: um, the whole book. Let's go ahead and be dead honest.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I went back and read the book again to try and like refamiliarize myself with things. And like you've kind of touched on, like we don't know a lot about the characters. I thought I had forgotten things, like I didn't. We just like actually didn't learn shit. Yeah, yeah. We just like actually she, the author, like never tells us these things but yeah like how he oh sorry what I was saying is I went back and read like the physical descriptions to see if they looked alike there's nothing that would like be telling either way like Isolda describes herself as like brown skin like she says she has dark waves she not, I don't think she ever mentions like her eye Color I would assume dark just because like all her other features are yeah dark. She describes Yacinia as like dark hair, um dark skin, and she says she has like her eyes are a mix between like violet and blue, like they are both colors at the same time. It the physical descriptions don't go beyond that, so I feel like if Isolda was looking at a photo of Yacinia. And it looked literally exactly like her, she (laughs) She would have said, yeah, yeah, like, this looks like me. So there's no way they would have – there's no way the physical appearance is – The
1: same. No, there's no way because she would have found out so much earlier. Yeah. Exactly. I'm imagining Ysidia being, like, much darker and with, like – darker like i don't know like she described her hair as like black or something but then she described her own hair as just like dark so i don't really know but i just imagined two different people somehow because the descriptions well, are really I not just, in depth
0: no not at all and adrian says like he knew right away but like how i know he can read minds but there's nothing that would have been it going had to through be her like mind that, that-, that
1: they have
0: something else and like in book two we need to know (laughs) that we've got to touch on that yeah Yeah. like he's got to go back and and how does she not ask which never mind because she didn't ask literally anything so wow why would she ask (laughs) i'm hoping
1: that like now that they're like in the aftermath of of like all of this shit with the crimson mist and now they have to really find Mm ravina he will be able to now that she the curse is like fulfilled or whatever he'll be able to tell her a lot of stuff but i think that like he was not allowed to tell her because of the curse like it would break it so now i think that it's been fulfilled she'll be much more in the know hopefully um yeah hopefully so yeah i hope i hope we learn like how he did it how he figured out who she was but i really really liked that even though she was his like soulmate and he knew that he never really pushed Mm -hmm. her to be in love with him or anything he just sort of Mm -hmm. protected her and treated her like gold from the beginning even if she was kind of creeped out by it he was like i don't really care i'm gonna do whatever i think is helpful for you and then also like whatever you ask of me as well yeah um yeah i just really 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 like adrian and i'm Such such like I also love a morally gray character, but I didn't find him to be that morally gray. I feel like he's I just know. misunderstood from her perspective, and she hates him for no reason. I don't think he's actually morally gray. I think he's just like totally a gray no
0: I, yeah, no, like I totally agree like he his people love him, which granted, not everybody like the noblest guys they like are a little bit against him, but like the people of rev revica like really love him and he has like all of these friends it truly is just like a miscommunication about what happened and what he is after like he's only seeking to right a wrong so in reality
1: the other people are morally
0: great exactly
1: (laughs) not him. yeah exactly So, yeah, I cannot wait for more of this man. And I'm really happy that they're both on the same page now so that their romance can, like, really take off. Like, I'm just ready for. And,
0: yeah, you know what I actually really liked was that she's having a hard time still, like, recalling all of the memories and, like, recalling everything that has happened. Like, I feel like that's going to set things up for, like, It's still to be questionable about like what happened because she doesn't necessarily remember everything Mm -hmm. in detail. And we're still going to have that added aspect of like the surprise things from her past. So I'm happy that it wasn't just like every memory from everything, every single thing like came flooding back. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I am excited for her to relive. And I think he'll be able to help her like if he tells her about things or whatever, she'll be able Mm. to like come back into it. Yep. So now that we talked about Adrian, let's talk about his little crew. So he has Mm Soren, Derek, Miha, Isaac, and Tanaka. Tanaka? How do you say it? I said Tanaka. Okay. So these are the people that he is closest with and he trusts the most. They, a lot, most of them, I think, know about the curse, or maybe it's just Soren.
0: It's Soren, Derek. And Tanaka and Anna are the four people who are in, like, his inner circle that know about it.
1: Yes. Okay. So these are just basically his confidants, and they are also in charge of his army. And Mm. I feel like I don't know them a lot, but totally little pieces that we're getting, there is some sort of differentiating factors. I thought it was hilarious that... She was like going to his tent that night um, before they were supposed to be wed. And um <laughs> Isaac and Miha and Soren come up to like basically take her because they don't know who she is. And yeah. like, taking her hostage, and she stabs Isaac. <laughs> and like, yes. like, instead of like biting her, he's like, Oh my god, shit, like why'd you do that?
0: <laughs> yeah. And then like after that, they continue to give him shit about it. Yeah. Like <laughs> Don't forget, like, she stabbed you or whatever. Yeah. And then it one point. I loved that. And then it one point, It was funny because, like, you aren't expecting it. Like, you're expecting them to be pissed. And then, like, immediately you get, like,
1: comedic relief. It was so welcomed yes, to me anyway. me too. Like, they're, like, normal. And they're not actually just out there trying yeah. to kill everybody. Yes. And I know, like, mm-hmm. one of the scenes, he's, like, talking to them and to Adrian. And Isaac's like, well, who else can say they've been stabbed by the queen? And Adrian's like, literally me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, twice. So, <laughs> so I did so fine. good. They're
1: just they're the comedic relief that you really need for the story, but they also mm-hmm. have a lot to offer. Like they help her a lot. They answer her questions. They mm-hmm. show her around. Um Yep. I like Derek. I feel like he's dark and mysterious and we don't know a lot about him. And he's like really moody. Yes. But he has the greater good in mind.
0: Totally. And he's very serious and very focused on his job. I'm with you. I I really want to know more about these people, but I can't explain this. For some reason, something between Derek and Soren, I don't trust. Whether it's one of them is doing something that the other doesn't care for, or they're both plotting something together. Like, I, I can't put my finger on it.
1: Yeah. But something is off. Something about Because they were fighting him. on that, uh, the night of the, yeah. the burning rites. And then at the end, yeah. whenever Ravina knows that she's Yesenia, she goes to Adrian. She says, one of your four has leaked. Yeah. So you have to figure out who that yeah. is. So I'm wondering if there's something there that Derek knows, or I mm-hmm. don't know. And so... Yeah, it's very interesting. I also was so nervous at that one point that Soren because he he like saves her from something and then she wakes up in a memory, but she's like in a cell. And I'm like, oh, like Soren like took her and abducted her, but it was just a memory from Yesenia. And I was like, oh I I thought the
0: exact I thought the exact same thing. Um, but I actually have a a little bit of a different theory. So like as far as somebody in the the people that were there that night, like telling Ravenna or however you're saying her name, Ravenna. Um, I think the obvious answer is Tanaka. But also, I think like, the same thing. See, she can come through like portals. Like, what if there was a mirror in his? Room Ooh. that night, and like she literally was spying, or like a window, or like because you know it says like her portal, she comes through like reflective sur- surfaces. Like maybe it's a misunderstanding, and they actually didn't snitch, but maybe she like literally has been watching. Maybe him. so. I I don't know. It was just a thought, but like good idea. I didn't I don't even think, think it was think Anna.
1: About okay, so let's just go ahead well, and talk about Rovina because she's like second. Should we? Be- Next. okay but we'll just go ahead we're already bringing her up yeah her power being portals is so badass to me i know it's like technically a lesser yeah. power but being able to come through like reflective surfaces and like see whatever you want but also yeah. like the moment where isolda is trying to figure out like which one of these is the real her because it's just like a wall of mirrors it's yes. so sick. I loved it.
0: I loved it. I loved it. So like this girl like call me crazy, but I like
1: her I like her character
0: like, as <laughs> being part of the story and I don't like her, but I love that like this is how Dragos's like side of the story is being carried yes. out
1: like through her. It's like, obviously Um, you're supposed to hate her because she's the villain, but like, right? I haven't seen a villain this cool in quite some time.
0: Yes. And another thing is that like, when Asolda's talking to her, she's like, we loved you. Like the high coven, like we loved you or whatever. And she's like, don't, don't say that. I all, I have this thing where like with a villain, I always want them to like come around in the end and heal their trauma pretty much (laughs) and her to realize like she just kind of had it twisted. But with her, this is where I like kind of wanted to speculate about like the book of diss because I don't know why Yesenia was writing it either. Like she had a vision, like she did see the future and saw that everybody was going to die. And so she was trying to figure out how to like bring people back so that they could continue like fighting this battle or I think that maybe um Ravenna wants it because she wants to bring Dragos back yes. and like so he can rule again it's so interesting and I love that like you're left like with a cliffhanger and like the literal last line is that like it was um dark magic and it was like it could bring people back from the dead because yeah, you're
1: just left being like okay so it. now what like who is she trying to bring back and why but i also think that it's dragos but maybe i'm just thinking that because there's been a couple other books that have that same theme where it's like you really want yeah. to raise this person back
0: but i think mm-hmm. that's a
1: good thought like why was she writing that that dark magic but mm-hmm. i think it that's a good idea that she wanted to raise the coven back if she, if she had time, like after they died. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not really sure. I'm interested to see like, if she was doing it at Drago's request and then realized how wrong it was and then spelled it to be blank or what, but yeah, it definitely is fishy that she was writing it at all. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, our last person is Anna. We kind of skipped over her, but I know you really liked Anna.
1: I actually really, really liked her character because I think she has a ton of potential. Because... So mm-hmm. we find out later on in the story that she was Yesenia's best, closest, truest friend. And so I think it's going to mm-hmm. open up doors for her to be that for Isolda, Just because they yeah. have that history. Um, she also seems like she's very in the know. She's Adrian's cousin. So she grew up with mm-hmm. him, so she knows that aspect of it. But she was turned the same era as him. She's not like a new vampire. Yeah. So she's sort of been at his side the whole time. And I Mm -hmm. wonder if she was, like, one of the first that he turned just because she is so close to him. Um, Yeah. Also just, like, it's me liking me again. Like, I love that she's a healer, trained in medicine. (laughs) Like, I just think it's so cool. (laughs) And she, like, has all these really good ideas. Um, Yeah. I I was interested or rather intrigued by the fact that she was with a human. Like, she fell in love with her vassal, who was a female that ended up like literally dispersing the mist everywhere. But like I love yeah. that she like wasn't pressuring her to turn to turn into a vampire and like she's just letting yeah. her be like she just seems really down to earth and understanding. Um and I, I yeah. feel like there's a little bit of badassery that's left to be tapped into that will hopefully come to fruition totally. in the next book.
0: Totally. So my feelings about her were like, I'm just so neutral about her, but like, I want more of her because like, I just feel like, again, like you don't really know these characters that well, but I really want to get to know her and like her background, like how she came to be turned all of that. Um, And then I know that they mentioned like one of the four is the traitor. Like, I absolutely do not think that it is her. I feel like she is loyal through and through Mm -hmm. to adrian which that is like as long as it wasn't ravina spying through the mirrors or whatever like if someone actually told her i i genuinely don't think that it was her um but yeah i was just kind of neutral about her and i loved that she was yesenia's best friend like in her past life i really have a strong opinion about how isolda needs a best friend so like you yeah. said maybe it'll open yeah that he was work like for her alone for a while when like 100 percent. the only person she really had was adrian and like she was pretending to hate him for
1: a while so yeah, and like sword would pop in and out but like that's not really like your friend that's yeah. just adrian's friend literally literally but, yeah I think that kind of wraps us up for characters. Um, So let's do favorites. Um, Favorite character. Mine's obviously Anna. We already talked about it. But I just don't (laughs) feel like there's enough that I know about any of them to make an informed decision. I Mm -hmm. think my favorite character could very well change in the second book. Or as however many books they have. Like as the story progresses, it could change.
0: Yep. Yep. So mine, and I'm – exact same as you like if I have to pick it's gonna be Adrian um but I just again like I really feel like Isolde needs a best friend like I'm looking for that character who's gonna come in and be not so involved with everything that they have like such a stance on things but are just is just like there for her for Mm -hmm. comedic relief like somebody that you genuinely just like love and feel like close to. I felt like that was lacking in this book and hopefully it'll pick up like in the next one. For some reason, I want it to be Miha because like you would get nothing from her pretty much. Like she only has a few lines. And she's
1: like a warrior. Like I want her to be important. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Her and Lothian, the library guy, like he has some potential too. And he's a very kind of like neutral player like he's not like overly involved in things but he obviously is there like he lives at the palace mm-hmm. and he can kind of be like an outlet for isolda so i thought he had potential too. i think he has but- a really
1: potential because he knows a lot of stuff and he's also a vassal so he mm-hmm. probably gets more like tea too like not just like literary knowledge yeah. but like knowledge of <laughs> right. what's going on in the palace yeah and things yep Exactly. So we'll see.
0: I think as we go on to read book two, I think our opinions will kind of like shape up a little bit better. But as of now, like I really don't have a favorite character. And that's just because like, I feel like they're all on kind of like level ground in my mind right now. So yeah.
1: What about your favorite scene?
0: Okay, so kind of again, like I don't really have a, a favorite scene. There were a couple that um. I really liked, but my favorite kind of like aspect of things was just Isolda like not giving a fuck. Like she told off Safira multiple times. Like the first time they meet, and she's like, "I can like get rid of things that are a problem. Like, are you going to be a problem for me?" (laughs) I loved that when um when she like finds her in adrian's bed and adrian literally has her ass drug off to the dungeons like i love that i love all the times that isolda told off killian or like the girls in the garden Mm -hmm. she like don't fuck with her like you're not gonna get away with saying some petty shit she will call your ass out and confront you right then and there and like that's kind of those scenes are what give me yes. so much like joy which is very Enneagram one of me like <laughs> to love justice being
1: served yes she's to not people. the type of character that will just l- take it lying down she's definitely gonna pop yeah. back off and it's funny because she grew up in a palace as well and so they probably expect her to be demure and princess-like and have all of these qualities right. that's like ingrained and in, The people of the palace and since they're court members they think you know they can say whatever and like it would behoove the princess to not be mean back to hold that image but she's not having it and i actually wrote that down as like one i've ever seen is like whenever she sees lady bella and lady whatever in the um the garden Mm -hmm. and they're basically telling her that she can't fulfill all of adrian's needs because she won't allow him to suck her blood and they're like, it's yeah. okay. We have tons of us who were like happy to fill the position for you, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And she's like, okay, did y'all just come here to brag about fucking my husband before me? Right. And they were like, what? So I think yeah. that dynamic of this character is one of my favorite parts of her. Like, she totally. does. She is not a girl's girl in that in that regard like she's not gonna sit there and take it from you like (laughs) no no so i like that Um, and i loved the scene where she um stabs that one noblesse because he touches her like and then Hmm. she's like he touched me i'm like "Hmm." yeah (laughs) okay you you feel very (laughs) sure in your decision and i loved that like it was very much set the scene like Yes, I'm here. Yes, I'm human. But I'm not someone that you can just treat how you want. And this, these are the consequences. So yep. enjoy. Yep.
0: No, I loved it. Uh, I'm glad we felt the same way about that. Okay, so those were our favorites. But now it's time to talk some shit. As talk usual. Talk about our least favorites. So, Ash, what was your least favorite scene?
1: Okay, um... This wasn't overall a negative scene. I just didn't like the way it ended. But like when she's at one of the court meeting, council meetings, um, mm-hmm. one of the guys in the room basically insinuates that she has no room at court and that Adrian's wasting too much time with her. And he is reading his mind and the guy in his mind calls, is a whore and doesn't yeah. tell anyone that. And just reaches up and stabs his eyeball i don't really fuck with eyeballs i don't like that (laughs) so (laughs) that was like my least favorite like thing that i read um yeah i liked that he defended her and like without question at the council meeting but i didn't like the route in which justice was served it was hard to read. It was read.
0: it was a little vile, but again like Adrian like he does not give a fuck. Like it doesn't matter if you're on his council, it doesn't matter if you're some man off the street. Like again, if you fuck around, you're gonna find out. Yeah, you're not irreplaceable. And he did.
1: Like Yeah. And the funny part is like you're still gonna serve on my court with one eye because you want to. You want to be here. Sick. Exactly. So <laughs> Stupid, tweet. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Okay. So, Miley's favorite was the second, see- the second, like, attack. I think the city was called Sidovia. Um, The one where, like, the little girl, mm-hmm. I think, I can't remember. She bites her, like, touches her, and it burns her skin. But that scene, to me, felt unnecessary. Like, I felt like they could have gotten the same point across in the first attack it just felt like a little bit too repetitive to me like the exact same thing I know that's when they yeah I know that's when they kind of like figured it out but I felt like it was a waste of pages like again when I went back and read it the second time I literally didn't read that part because I was like "Yeah, yeah 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 like I I you figure all of that out later anyway because there is actually a third attack that they stumble upon they could have gathered all of that information from the the third attack, and I would have not felt as though I missed anything. Yeah. Like Asolda could have gotten injured in the first one, and they could have introduced Anna that way. Like I just felt like it it did not add anything to the story.
1: I agree. Um, I did get confused about the little girl because her features were very similar to Ravina's, like little red hair, weird girl. <sighs> I didn't pick up on that. I think that's that's how I remember it so I don't know if I'm 100% correct but that's what I remember being like kind of okay. confused because she sees like when she walks past that mirror and sees that face she's like oh it's the girl from the village or whatever and I was like ooh like was that Ravina?" like as a child like what was going on there ooh. but I oh, did no. like like you said like the third attack like really set it in stone they could have um combined all of that into one but I did think it was helpful to know that the the, the mist wasn't going toward Laura. It was following Isolda and Adrian around. Yeah. So I think that was like helpful context, but I don't think, I think it was a, too much time was devoted to that dis- yeah. discussion or I like agree. description or whatever.
0: Yeah, I agree. So what was one thing about the plot or the book that you either didn't like or that you would have changed?
1: I feel like we've already touched on this a lot. I just think that there needs to be more explanation. There's a lot of glossing mm-hmm. over of things or leaving out backstories. And I understand why, because Isolde wasn't allowed to know. But I think that would have been nice to have two or three extra chapters after what happened of her just, like, learning things. Or not even afterward, but, like, two or three extra chapters to fit in that yeah. stuff throughout. Like, I don't know anything about any of the characters separate from their role in Isolda's past. Like, I don't know who they are as people, and I really wish I did. Um, It would make me care about them a lot more.
0: Yeah. No, so I actually have, like, the exact same complaint. It's exactly what you're saying, and at the exact same time, it's that I felt like there were things that were focused on that I don't necessarily understand what, like, the point is. So, like, one of the things was when they're leaving Laura, and she has that one guard, like, dismissed – just for, like, saying something under his breath that felt like really unnecessary. Like, I don't know what the point. What point was she, she was trying to make by
1: that? And then there's her also point like at that her obsession. I think I think her point for that was, I am now a queen. Like, you can't disrespect me just because I'm leaving, Laura. Okay,
0: but like I, I agree. I just, like, I don't think it, it was
1: necessary.
0: No, and
1: that scene the, could have been used to like explain her obsession. Thing.
0: Right. There's her obsession with the sky. There's, like, this major, major, major the sun. point about, like, her, yes, and, like, her mom and her heritage. I'm, I can only hope that a lot of these things that felt like they, like, kind of go unanswered are going to come into play into the second book. But then there's things about, like, her training or, um, like, it talks about, like, Adrian's already invaded all of these other places like I would like to have more background information on like that or like she talks a lot about how vampires can like put out these like plagues will like go into detail about like how do they do that or what I think that was something that, that? I just felt
1: like- taught and it's actually not true that's what I think about the plague I also okay. think the sun there thing just- is going to play into who Yesenia was because when she described her, she talked about it looked like she lived in the sun, like was always in the sun because she was so dark. Yes, um, And just with her mom yes. being an Islander, I don't know. I just feel like she has some sort of weird That's
0: connection. What I was just expecting a lot more because it talks about her mom so yeah. much. I was expecting more in this book and I can only hope that it was just setting something up for like the second book. It, they're going to have to like either go to the... Um, place where her like the island that her mom was from or like something's gonna have to happen there mm-hmm. because like it's brought up literally so, so much. much throughout the book but I just felt like there was things that were focused on so 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 much and things that weren't focused on a lot and some things just kind of like weren't adding up like I wanted to know more about things that she didn't talk about and less about
1: things that she did talk about. I agree. There's a lot to cover in the second book now because of the way she chose to structure this one. So, yeah. Totally. Do you have any hot takes?
0: So, we already, like, kind of talked about it, but my hot take was that, like, I didn't like how soon they met. Like, it was literally in the first chapter, like, ten pages in, they meet each other. Um, and I understand, like, That set it up so that as soon as he came into the throne room, he, like, could just ask for her to, like, be his wife or whatever. But I felt like there maybe could have been, like, a little bit more of a backstory for, like, the other invasions at the other places. Like, there could have been more of that. Or maybe they could have, the meeting between her father and Adrian could have been, like, days long. And Adrian could have, like, slowly realized that she was... Yasini or there could have been like some yeah. other kind of build up that was really like my only thing which like i said i was reading shadow and bone right before this and it was so dry like i had to have something so it, it was what i needed at the time but i actually don't like that like i need a little bit mm-hmm. more of a build up yeah. especially because it's not just that they met but it's that they met an adrian at least was immediately like taken with her. And at the time you don't understand why or like what that is. So it just yeah. felt like, Ooh, like
1: it's too, it's too. <laughs> like, why is he so obsessed? Yeah, I know. I felt the same way. Yeah. The first time I read it, I was like this man, like he wants to do anything and everything I know. for her. And I can't figure out why, but then I was like, Oh my God. Well, no wonder. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. What about you? Did you have a hot take? This isn't really about this book in general, but like I said, I had like tried to do the rom-com thing and then I did, um mm-hmm. what's it called? Um Dragon Tattoo. Oh, and I forgot, like I picked up the book Hooked from Barnes and Noble, and I think it might be a little too graphic yeah. for me. I might I might give it one more chance, but like literally I'm only on chapter six, and there was already like a very graphic description of murder, and I was just like, This is a lot. Oh. But um my what I'm tired of is reading books where the source of heat and light is fire. Like this book talked a lot about fire just because that is her fear as a as a past life person who got yeah. burned at the stake. Like I get it. I'm so sensitive um, in real life to the smell of fire and bonfire that like when I'm reading it, I'm like, I can't imagine. Like they were talking about how there's like roaring hearth in this room with all these people. I'm like, they probably yeah. smell so fucking bad. And I just, I like, don't. I don't want anything to do with that.
0: I never, ever, ever thought of that before. But, like, you're right. Do they not smell like smoke? Does the house not smell like smoke? Like, literally 100% of the time. It's
1: how they have to heat. And maybe at that point, it's, like, one of those things where you don't really smell the bonfire smelling bad until you leave. So, like, you're never really awake from the fire. So, maybe you don't notice. But, like, I'm sick of it. Mm. I'm so sick of it. But – it's just like the medieval medieval vibe and again like i'm reading game of thrones again so like that's also very medieval and yeah it's just like everything feels unsanitary
0: (laughs) yeah no 100 percent. i hate when like they're traveling and it's like days before they can yeah where he was not gonna be
1: able to bathe for a few days and then he brings in like a rag and some water yeah
0: yeah in a different book that i've read recently the girl like doesn't get to brush her teeth for like probably two weeks and like i couldn't and she was like kissing
1: and i couldn't get it out of my mind like and i hate when they describe people being close as like i could feel the heat of his breath i'm like babes (laughs) i've done nothing why Why is that a good thing i don't want to hear about it (laughs) No. Like this man probably hasn't I, brushed I his teeth in you. days. Y'all been on the road. Yeah. It's
0: like I Yes. Yeah, it's like I could feel like his breath on my mouth. Like we'll tell him to back up. Like I don't want anybody breathing on. that. That's like such a. I feel like I'm like sensitive to smells and so Like that's like a thing. Yeah. For like, me. But yeah. Face. I agree with you. The smoke
1: smell. Like having smoke in your hair. No. Yeah. So that's her life, just living with the smoke smell. But anyway. Yeah. So, what are your overall thoughts um, with your stars for like the rating and then the stars for like chili pepper spice scale?
0: Okay. So, I did give this book four stars. However, I actually don't believe that it deserves four stars. Let me reiterate once again I came off Shadow and Bone. Desperate. I was desperate. For romance. This, this was exactly, 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 exactly what I wanted and needed. And that's why I gave it four stars because like, I feel like we all do this. Like you rate things and it's like based off of other things that you have read recently. Like I compare things like, oh, this was better than this last yeah. book. So I'm going to, you know, rate it yeah. higher, but overall I I don't feel like this book is like a must read if you love fantasy, but I would definitely recommend it to people. Like if they were just asking for a recommendation Um, and then for the chili peppers, I gave it three and a half. I felt like it was definitely like you, you get your feel. There's several, several sex scenes and I felt like they were detailed enough Um, actually I felt like they were perfectly detailed if I'm being honest, but I did take away half of a chili pepper. Like I was going to rate it four, but I took half away because I kind of felt like things were getting repetitive. Like it was the same things over and over again, which I do understand. Like there aren't millions of options, but yeah, I just felt like it
1: was, it was getting repetitive. So
0: that's I what I gave I it. agree with What that? about you? Okay,
1: so we've discussed that I'm usually the person that gives more stars to books. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, like, I agree with you in that I don't, or I originally didn't think when I read it a year ago-ish, that it was like a must-read, have-to-read, like, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it was. I wasn't even that tempted to read the second one. I don't even know if it was out at that time. But, yeah, now, the second time around, I liked it more, I think. And it could have also been just that I was in such a lull with with my books that I gave it four and a half, (laughs) but it's solely because like I needed something that was 20 chapters. I could not physically have made it through a 700 page book right now. I'm just not in that place in my life. And so it was like exactly what I needed when I needed it. And so Mm -hmm. I had to give her a a 4.5 and that you, this will be a theme, um, moving forward. So (laughs) I think a lot of my, um, what's the word? Like I may change my viewpoint once I read the second one. I think a lot of my opinions on this book, like may be altered Mm -hmm. after I read the second book And I don't know if I will recommend it as much, but I did recommend it to Katie because she was just like, oh my God, I need something. I was like, this is actually a really good book. So it was definitely memorable enough for me to recommend it that time. And then the second time through, I was like, wow, I forgot how good this was. Like, I just Mm -hmm. really like this style of writing. Like, yeah, it's just, it's very, very similar to me to um, like Akatar or um, the Obitreus world. Like, those, yeah. those authors and this author have a lot in common with the way they describe things and like the way yep. that their main character like thinks and feels. So I just like, mm-hmm. I just liked it a lot. Um, I gave it four out of five chilies because I haven't read a fantasy book with that much sex ratio in it in quite some yes. time. I think it's a four out of five in amount, but I don't think it's like like you said, like it gets a little repetitive. It's vanilla. It's not like crazy, but I personally Mm. like that. Like, I don't want to hear crazy shit. Like I just want it to fulfill the romance sector of this genre for me. And so I liked that it didn't get like too crazy, kinky, wild.
0: I, I, I completely agree with that. Sometimes like they go in such detail. It actually makes me like cringe Uh even sometimes. And I didn't feel that way with this. Like I just yeah, so it was felt like, like, like she perfectly gave-
1: descriptive.
0: Like yes, enough
1: description. Yes, to where I knew what was going on, but not so much that I was like, okay, that's enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like get like blushing. Yeah,
0: <laughs> rating. Yeah,
1: it. exactly, exactly. So I think it was like a really, really good, um, amount and mm-hmm, amount of description of each one, like you know it wasn't too much like I feel like I've read books with more that I'm like okay well like I really missed the plot but this one's like not really like that
0: right yeah no I I completely agree with you I think that for both of us this book was what we needed Mm -hmm. and I'm so happy that we read it like I actually can't wait to read the second one especially because the it ends on a cliffhanger so I'm excited. Um, so do we want to share, which we've already said, what our
1: next book is yes, going to so be? So the book for May is The Ashes and the Star-Cursed King by Carissa Broadbent. I could not be more lit about that. And I will Same. have finished um, Six Scorched Roses and hopefully Slaying the Vampire Conqueror by then. And we'll be able to just like kind of mm-hmm. cash that out. Maybe we can do that for the April wrap up. Um, and we'll be able to just like talk yeah, about those. Um, but like. Okay. I cannot consume enough Carissa Broadbent. So if she could go ahead and have that next book coming out when I finish up <laughs> the Meg mm. book, that would be good. I know. God love her. She's like going to be
0: going on maternity leave. She literally said the next book won't be out till 2024. So like we are in for quite oh, a wait, man. but well, she deserves
1: it. She's really it, been working her ass off.
0: Yes. And I'm so freaking excited. Like it's hard for me to put it off, but again, I want it to be fresh whenever we record the episode for the book. So I'm trying to hold out, but it's like knowing that it's literally right here. I know,
1: and I keep like it's thinking so hard into the, the last book, and I'm like, <gasps> what happened? Like, I wonder what happens. I know. I feel like it's happening without me. Like everyone's so. reading it, and we don't know what's going on. Literally,
0: people were in her comments like, I downloaded the book at 3 a.m. this morning and started reading it. I was like, okay, I'm not. I'm not that's not me, but like I respect but that. I wish, honestly. I wish,
1: yeah, like truthfully, same. I wish my life would same. be able to account for that. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So
0: that's gonna be our next book. That episode will come out on May sixteenth,
1: and I absolutely cannot wait. Me either. I'm so excited, and we will uh, be TBD on an April wrap up when we'll record, when we'll post, if we even do that. But um, I really enjoyed doing the March yep. wrap up, so I'm hoping that. It's in the cards with our schedules. But I think mm-hmm. that's that's our show, you guys. Thank you all so much for tuning in to oh. The Club, um, the book club podcast that hopefully won't put you to sleep. We're so, so excited to have this podcast. We did go a little bit long this time, so I would like to apologize. Um, we are available on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Also available on YouTube. So if you're watching on there, please subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. And if you have any books that you want us to read and review, please submit that to The Club Girlies at gmail.com or by instagram dms at girlies of the club and if you have any feedback we welcome that at both of those places as well so thanks guys for listening
0: awesome thanks guys we'll see you next time